0: Readers, episode 110. My name is Ben Life, and I am joined this evening, as always, by the Black Douglas. How are you, Black?
1: I'm um, really well, Ben Life. I'm very excited to kick off this week's um, bunch of topics. Yeah, we some, are in the... Um,
0: well, sorry to jump in there, but it's um, my right. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. <laughs> Apparently, as the key panelist, like some sort of AM radio jock, where if they don't like what the caller says, they just pull down their fader and they can't talk anymore. I've always Thanks, wanted caller. that power. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, you know, I think, um, I'll start this week with a vexing topic. The Better Brains <laughs> podcast is the, uh, the, 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 time of the week when we try and make a sense of modern life. Uh, two gents who grew up in the seventies and eighties, um, raising, uh, kids and trying to, uh, navigate our way through the, uh, the, the naughty. What are we, what are we in? The naughty, the tens. They navigate our way through the tens. Yeah. Or the
1: teens. i have to think about that.
0: 2017, 2018. So anyway, the, the problem, the issue is we. It's it's a, a domestic issue, black, and it's a mm. uh, very concerned about the behaviour of my wife. Let's um. Well, some call her the ball of fury. I never would, but you know. Um,
1: does, does she listen to this podcast? <laughs> she, deliberately not. Probably, yeah.
0: <laughs> I've noticed that um, when she goes into the bathroom to uh, uh, do a number two, she doesn't seem to be taking any any reading matter. Into the bathroom, uh, black. Not and even
1: a Bunnings catalogue.
0: Nothing. She seems to go in with a purpose, um, and and gets out as quickly as possible. Mm. And and I'm I'm not cons- I'm not sure whether to raise this with her, but I uh, from uh, as a male of a mm. certain age, it's it. And I notice actually this with my with my twelve year old son. Uh, you'd never be seen going into the bathroom um, for certain no. um, ablutions mm. that are going to be under five minutes without some serious. Serious reading matter I mean has that been Your experience in uh, In life
1: Well you can kind of Almost um, <clears throat> you, you can I, I can almost feel How long it's going to take You know sometimes I need to take in Paradise Lost By John Milton Sometimes it's just A Bunnings catalogue <laughs>
0: uh, I like the I like the, um, uh, the Katmandu catalogue Yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: Strangely pleasing, isn't it, to, yeah. to read well?
0: And and I'm wondering whether that's why they still print catalogs. I mean, because really, in this day and age, you can pretty much just, you know, look everything up. I mean, what are your thoughts on electronic devices in the toilet?
1: Um, <coughs> well, you know, you know, the junk mail is going to get thrown in the recycling bin, mm. but your electronic devices are going to be, you know covered in E. coli and passed on to someone <laughs> else. So it's slightly disgusting. But yes, I do sometimes take an electronic device in. So <laughs> anyone who knows me, don't touch my electronic devices from now on. Well,
0: that's, that's a way to keep people off your device. But I, um, as I think I've said to you in the past, so they say that the um, the modern desk that we work at is dirtier than the toilet seat because we clean the toilet yeah. seat, but not the desk. Mm. So um, anyway, I don't know wh- why I raised that, but it is something that's really been playing on on my mind, um, is, is this sort of the, the battle of the sexes continues to rage and, you know, she actually has commented on my, um, on that habit of having sort of reading matter in the toilet and, mm. and sort of suggested perhaps it's unsafe to, 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 uh, um, how do I put this, you know, to, to, to adopt that position for too long. Um, you know, I, mm. I don't know, no problems so far, but look, we are over 50, so the problems are going to present themselves <laughs> on an increasingly regular <laughs> basis. Um, Speaking of, uh, well, speaking of bridging a different sort of gap, and that's the uh, demographic one, I went to mm. see uh, Star Wars finally last night. It's been out for forever. Mm. Um, the Last Jedi, I think it's called. And um, I went with, with, with Ricky T, the 12-year-old son, but also two of the dads I know from uh, from the kids' school, mm. um, mega Star Wars nerds. And, and I'd sort of raised the topic at a dinner party uh, recently, or a, a garden party. About three hours later, we sort of, I, I I found the moment to quickly go up and get another the Jetson crackers because I'm in mean, Jetson uh, cheese because these boys were these these men were deep into Star Wars mm-hmm. mythology. And to be honest, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but deeply disappointed at, at the, how they'd tr- uh, taken the original Star Wars material and and in some way modernized and, and in their view, uh, wrecked the experience. You and I probably saw Star Wars mm-hmm. in 1977 when it first came out um, 30 years on. Mm hmm. Thirty, forty years on, even, um, people still care a lot about these Star Wars franchises. But like you saw
1: it, Yes, yeah, so I, I wouldn't so much call it the last Jedi as the last gasp. <laughs> it was just, it was appalling. Like, uh, and for me, the you know the um the the jumping the shark moment, mm. happy days jumping the shark moment yeah. was when Princess Leia was ejected into space. Oh yeah! She suddenly does. It's it reminded me, and she was traveling through space, and ice crystals were growing on her hand, and and she got sucked back into the other spaceship, and it reminded me of that um, that meme that's going around with using Bag Raiders, the Bag Raiders song, Shooting Star. Do You know the one (laughs) where (laughs) characters just suddenly start dancing in the middle of space. (laughs) uh, I think it's supposed to be a solemn sort of, um, you know, serious moment, but. Went the other way for me.
0: It felt like, and I should have checked this, a two-hour, twenty-minute film. I got out, and it was it was close to midnight. Mm. Um, I found myself at times during the movie, and there are things I enjoy, but at times I was thinking about my superannuation and whether I should top mm. it up. Um,
1: yeah, do you like do you like the UBS managed funds? You know, mixed <laughs> yeah. mixed foreign businesses. Well, I think I was thinking of that when there's, there's some mm.
0: sort of weird, um, can uh, weird Vegasy sort of scene when. The Benicio oh, yeah. del Toro appeared. I was what the hell is going on here? Um, I really, usually yeah. I, I have a higher tolerance of crap movies than you do. And I know this one is, um, I think it's sort of written more than $50 million at the Australian box office, which makes it an yeah. absolute monster. Um, but I just think too many little furry cute animals and too many kids getting involved. and But, I, but I'm fascinated because the, the the nerdy conversations that I was sort of a part of um, and and Ricky T was definitely engaged because he's been on YouTube looking at all the fan sites, and these mm. always grown men are always just going into the minutiae of the Star Wars mm. uh, story. And and I was sort of wondering, you know, it's almost like with this, the Ground Zero is a film that was made in 1977, and from that, this whole narrative has been constructed mm. uh, around Star Wars. Um, but at the time when Star Wars was released, and it was considered a, a joke, you know, it was considered mm. lo fi kind of. Really badly mystical uh, film and franchise, and it definitely has grown to that. But geez, there's a lot of hocus pocus that still goes on there. I just wanted lightsabers and battles and explosions and mm. and uh, all that sort of thing. I got a lot of a lot of talking.
1: Yeah, too much talking.
0: Mm. It was it was like a you know it was like some sort of French art film that went on for way too long.
1: The last one, the last one that came out, I took um, my partner's little boy Taro to see it, mm. and he's seven. Yeah. And um, he stood up about half an hour. Half an hour into the film, he stood up on the seat and turned to the audience and said, "This is really boring." <laughs> and did he get quite a call for people to up? Up. <laughs> Oh, really?
0: So um, on, on to other matters of of, of popular uh, film and television. Mm. Watching the Emmy Awards recently, which I think is the yes. awards for film and TV. Mm. Um, that, was the, that was the Emmys where they, you know, th- this amazing watershed moment in Hollywood where where for who knows how long, you know, the, the balance of power has shifted um, yeah. to a really strongly um, pro-female dynamic. And really, you know, it's really been this watershed year of addressing, you know, imbar- imbalance and power plays in Hollywood, which is not what I'm going to discuss about because I'm not, you know, informed enough. But, but uh, Sunshine Ballerina's comment on the night, over and above the politics, was uh, why doesn't the popular film Always win In her mind You know The film that is, is The biggest thing At the box office mm. Should always win The awards mm. You know And uh, whether that is Dunkirk Or anything else But you know There are some Wonderful looking films That no one's ever seen Seem to be winning A lot of awards Which is a regular theme um, What are your thoughts is it, Should it be A popularity contest Or should it be An art an art house uh, Panel And selection process
1: Well A w- Awards ceremonies, awards, film awarding competitions are all a bit, it's all a bit of a farce, isn't it really? It's mm. sort of like, you know, um, who, who got the, who got the gold, who got the gold medal, who got the silver medal, yeah, who got the uh, participation ribbon. Oh yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the whole system. She's herself. outraged.
0: She was outraged. I don't know if it rated or anyone watched it, but you know, she always wants the, the film that she saw and, and enjoyed to win and the ones that she wouldn't even, you know, give the time of day to, mm. um, um, but then, you know, that, that, that sort of represents how she sees life. Um, on a different topic, and very exciting uh, news this week, uh, about a couple of weeks ago, the, the Better Breeders, we've been looking for a new logo. Um, and, you know, every great brand has a great logo, the iconic logos. We wanted something that was iconic. So we put it out to pitch, out to tender. How this works is uh, the Black and I drop a brief, um, really talking about uh, the DNA of the, the, the mm. Better Breeders and all the things mm. we're involved in, not just podcasting, but... For those who don't know, uh, we do a lot of sort of industrial design work uh, to spec. If people are looking for a, a, a car, we've discussed the Carlos paddy laser in the past. But you know, we've we
1: worked. We worked, previously worked on the Collins class submarines, didn't we?
0: Yeah, we did. That hmm. was that was a, that was a, a difficult known. pitch to win. Yeah, and thank you to the South Australian government for that one. Um, we do all sorts of things: events, we do, you know, motivational speaking, mm. uh, et etc. Cetera, et cetera. So we're looking for a new <laughs> a new logo. <laughs> Not many people are motivated, um, but we have a good time. And we were looking for a new logo, so we put it out to pitch. And um, we got some wonderful responses. And, and something that we were both pleasantly surprised was the response we got from Simon Reynolds. Now, let's, let's talk about the Simon Reynolds story. If you remember 80s advertising. I do. No, uh, oh, we couldn't. Um, there was a, a very celebrated, I, th- I must assume a young man, Simon Reynolds. He Initially, it was Simon S-I-M-O-N. And then probably at the peak of his fame, or I think this might have pushed him even higher. He added an extra I S I I M mm. O N. Perhaps his numerologist had advised him on that. But I think, in a nutshell, that story seems to epitomise 80s advertising. I mean, what's your memories of 80s advertising and and the celebrity that it, that um, came with it and and the celebrity creatives who were created, you know, during that period? There's some good work went on in the 80s, didn't there?
1: Oh well, I just I just um... You know, at Better Breeders, we you and I have both talked about how much we love the work of John Singleton singer. Yeah. yeah. You know. Half case. Remember the half case ads? <laughs> Who
0: did uh, It's Time the Gough Whitlam ad? Was that John Singleton? I don't oh, think it was Simon Randall's.
1: <clears throat> I'm not sure, Ben Life.
0: Joyce Main, Bing Lee.
1: Yeah.
0: Um Coca-Cola did some great. Whatever ads. happened to Joyce Main? Uh, <laughs> Kelvin Ada?
1: Oh. Um, yeah.
0: It says here. Um, and this is the Simon Reynolds mentor to business owners worldwide website. is Simon Reynolds is a very rare person in the world of executive and sure entrepreneur is. coaching. He is not just a teacher. He's actually a highly successful business person himself, et cetera, et cetera. We should sign him up for one of our um, one of our conferences, the the Better Breeders ones.
1: <laughs> Put him on the roster.
0: I imagine that if i um I'm, 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 if you're out there, Simon, let me know, but I imagine him, I, I remember he wearing, Large double-breasted suits with with a kind of a padding in the shoulder, usually and white, weren't they? I think light coloured and, mm. and a and a, a coloured shirt, and so he was definitely the poster boy of Australian advertising. Mm. Um, and if you go back onto YouTube, you'll see some spectacular creations, some of these ads that that were made. And look him up. Um, anyway, he submitted a logo. I'm not sure it felt like hand drawn on a on a serviette, but um, we looked, we liked it. You know, and the work was exceptional. He hasn't lost a thing uh, mm. over the mm. years. And um, once again, you know, all sorts of all sorts of people. John Singleton. I'm not sure he might have um, submitted a um, a response under a different name, mm, mm. Um, Single Johnson or, or something like that. <laughs> um, we went with uh, we went with a creative agency called Inc, who uh, have come up with the five proposals, which um, you know we're we're looking at. But I, I, I'm I'm sort of leaning towards. Brands who can have, a mul- you know, multiple uses of mm. their uh, of their logo rather than just being Coca-Cola with that iconic logo, which every time they try and mm. change just breaks the internet with, with complaints and abuse. Whereas, you know, I think we can have much, much more of a fluid, uh, creative representation of our brand that sort of represents our values uh, um, and, and our sort of AM radio aesthetic as well. Mm. Um, so um, it's similar to um, judging for the Eurovision contest, I think, the way we'll select our final our final logo.
1: And um listeners will will get to um enjoy the splendid work of, of Inc. And yeah, splendid
0: work of ink So thank you to ink And, 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 and marvelous. Yeah, Ken and beautiful, beautiful Sam. Work. Ken and Sam apparently they tuned in on the long drive south uh from baddo Bay. Um and um I think they're still talking to me. So uh and obviously the, their creative work is exceptional. So if you are, you know, uh inspired by the Better Breeders business and the Empire um that we have created and and some of the creative work then you know there are a lot of people behind the scenes who help out uh with the better breeders so thank you to uh inc and you'll be starting to see uh their work and that logo and design work on on all sorts of uh merchandising
1: and i hear they're very very pleased to have better breeders on board
0: oh absolutely i think um it's, 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 it's a it's great big, testament big big pitch their... i think that um yeah they um look i know they've worked with some of the greats uh some of the biggest brands in the world um but sometimes I think for creative and all businesses, sometimes you just do a love job mm. for, a, for, a, for a brand that's uh, really going places, really going to sort of, you know, make your, make your business pop. You know, associating with us is, um, is uh, you know, like when, um, uh, you know, Adidas signs a famous soccer player mm. or, mm. you know, Bono does an ad for uh, Apple or something like that. You know, th- we're the names you want at the moment. It could all change. Um, and speaking of design, I um I wanted to get your feedback on art because I know you know a lot about art, uh, Black.
1: Well, I and, don't know much about art, but I do know what I like. Yeah. So um, anyway, press on.
0: Uh, my friend, my friend, uh, Craig, who's a, who is a regular listener to this uh, podcast. Craig and Jesse know a lot about art, and Craig's an artist. And uh, went to the cricket. He likes cricket and art, which is a wonderful thing. Mm. But I uh, went to the cricket and uh, talked a lot about art. But I uh, um I held back on offering one piece of advice. And you know, valued friend, very talented man. <laughs> I was thinking that, you know, how can he make the move from, from canvas to the tea towel? And you and I both yes. love an Australian artist called Ken Doan. Um, and I'm wondering whether I should be uh, trying to point Craig in this direction. He'll naturally find this place of being. Ken Doan was an Australian artist who, who took very, very, worked with bright colours mm. and probably upset the art world. By uh, commoditising his art on tea towels, in the
1: modern parlance, a, a disruptor, a he disruptive was, force.
0: He was a disruptive force. Very rich. I, I heard a story of someone who went doing a documentary on with Ken Doan. He was on the balcony, probably you know, around sort of the the um, harbour of Sydney on the north side.
1: Chinaman's Beach. The the, the dubiously named Chinaman's Beach. <laughs> yeah, why was it named Chinaman's Osman? Beach? I've no idea. I hate to it's, think. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah. Um. So Ken's painting away. And a bird did a poo on the painting, a seagull. <laughs> and apparently, he just mixed it in. He mixed it into the painting, and you know, there's another 20, 30 grand. But um, should I be giving Craig the advice um, that he needs to commoditize his art? He needs to go from the canvas, he needs to have the the, the, the Craig W uh, designer car with, you know, or the, the tea towel, the Hawaiian shirt. Like, is, it, what's that going to do for his career and his bank balance? What would you be advising?
1: Look. Why not Ben life? It's it's uh, it's very hard to make a living at all mm. out of being a fine artist. Mm. You have to do what you have to do. Um, I only caught up with a friend recently, who I grew up with, and his brother is now a fine artist. Mm. And his um,
0: is he fine as in like working very thin bits of wire, or <laughs> fine as in excellent? I'm not I'm not up with the parlance. He's uh,
1: so he, he he paints paintings, but mm-hmm. he refuses to sell his work. Oh. He just paints it to to create it mm. it's got a very interesting sort of well it's not even a business model because he's not making any money, money mm. out of it but he's serious about his art mm. and for a living he does window tinting oh
0: really yeah so he's kept his 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 hobby and his profession separate mm. but he would never sell it
1: never sell it yeah I, I, he's um, a serious artist very serious not,
0: well, well look yeah. up Craig Waddell Art um, and um, I will you'll see it on on Instagram he's incredible he uses lots of thick paints or you know and he, um, he's a real expert in, in the subject. So we're saying that maybe I will give him the advice, but maybe what we should do is try something first. I know um, you're a big fan of copper art, Black Douglas. Massive fan. of <laughs> I've got many pieces. Of it. <laughs> um
1: yeah.
0: Can you describe copper art?
1: Uh, it's it's well, is it art or is it craft or is it mass production? <laughs> I'm not too or, sure. All it's, it's just flaunting the flaunting the art forms. Um. It's well.
0: It was a hobby. Kit. It was kind of an art kit you'd buy. It was like adult coloring in books of its time.
1: Yeah, it's it's sort of relief work, isn't it? I yeah, think it's yeah. You get a copper panel and sort of hammer out scenes of like lions tearing gazelles to bits <laughs> on the African savannah in, in in relief on copper and hang it on your wall. Beautiful.
0: It, it was big copper uh, copper art and string art were the two favorite um, oh, art yeah. forms of the string art <laughs> was when you'd. Put a bunch of nails in a sequence on a bit of wood and then you'd get different coloured string. And look it up on, on, on the World Wide Web and you'll see some fantastic string art. And I remember there was some wonderful pieces hanging in my primary school um, assembly hall, which is about the only thing I remember from my primary school, but I remember the art. But back to copper art, it, uh, it was a piece of copper and you'd sort of have to almost like with the coin rub on the copper to get it to pop out mm, in different mm. ways to create this image. And you rub too much and you'd go through the copper and, and put a hole in it. But but you've got quite a collection of wonderful copper art etchings, you know, the gazelle being eaten by the lion, mm. um, you know, some Indigenous men standing in a noble pose. You know, that, that yeah. was very popular at the time. Um, and I'm, th- I'm thinking, you There's know...
1: There's nothing wrong with that, is there?
0: Well, no, nothing wrong with that, yeah. absolutely. But I'm thinking, well, before I give Craig the advice, you know, because Ken Donne, is, is he a one-off? Can, can we... Uh, effectively commoditize art. I think if we start with your copper art etchings, because um, mm. I don't want to re- ruin Craig's career, because you know he's as well and truly blooming. But yours, yours sort of, um, you're still an unrecognized underground hero. I mean, you've got a loyal but very small following of your etchings.
1: Yeah, look, I, I, I might just have a go. Have a know.
0: go, because I'm thinking what you could do is you could do mini pendants. You know those guys who build uh, model ships and put them in bottles. I'm thinking you could do the same with copper art and rather than, I think, because, you know, the the user at the time, they were built for, for hapless fools and so they were quite large pieces. But if you yeah. could do them the size of a coin and have this intricate uh, floral uh, yeah. presentation, we could then turn that into a merchandising opportunity and, you know, I can see definitely the jewellery line, but maybe putting a bit of mixed media on, on clothing, a bit of copper on copper on cloth, you know, whether it's yeah. a, a fancy going out shirt um, which is very popular among the Australian male.
1: Make it part of a dadpreneur type business.
0: Yeah, so we'll give it a go. We'll put some of um, the blacks uh, etchings up on our on our. Um, uh, we'll put it in our newsletter um, mm. and also on our webpage. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, um, just send us an email at betterbreeders at gmail dot com. And after every podcast, we send out a wonderful, uh, uh, wonderful summary and with some additional mm. media video. Mm. Uh, photo and print, um, and we'll try and put some some more art up there.
1: And our new logo.
0: And our new logo, or one of our one of our logos. So we're going to put that up. Um, so and finally today, just very quickly, uh, what I noticed was uh, I did went on a long drive recently, and the family, the four of us in the car, ten songs each. We, we created a streaming playlist. You know, is the mixtape of the time. Mm. Um, and I. Received a lot of criticism for going a bit weird with my playlist, and so the (laughs) expectation was I'd go popular and acceptable to all. I chose a song by uh, Frank Zappa, um, a celebrated arts weirdo, um, and his 12-year-old daughter um, at the time, Moon Unit, and it was a song called Valley Girl, which was basically a uh, a freeform poetry spiel, you know, in in a Valley Girl voice, talking about Valley Girls, way ahead of its time, to some sort of mad Frank Zappa jam man um, and and um, i the the car was i had to stop the car and change the song i and it's amazing that music can have such a reaction on the playlist like mm. what would your approach be to the long trip playlist be popular or be weird be memorable where would you go
1: um just if you really want to annoy people just play jazz
0: <laughs> what's not not any old jazz dixieland bebop
1: a bit of charlie parker you yeah. know Fifty notes a second. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's that, just universally hated, except by me. So, mm. um, and it seems to be seems to be old bloke music. I remember jazz. that
0: um, at one point in time, you were living in uh, a shared accommodation with the the in Bondi, mm. and I believe both of you like jazz. And I and they say the population of Bondi was at its lowest uh, during that time because <laughs> around our house, yeah, around your house, because of the massive amounts of Good Charlie Parker. Out. Yeah, everyone wanted Jimmy Choir but they got uh, Charlie Parker. They wanted jazz light funk, light, Jamiroquai. um, But, you know, this is my experience. It was an unsettling moment because I thought, well, the song's memorable, but it's now mm. down in family law as, as perhaps one of the most irritating moments of the, wow. of the summer. I'm going to po- post that song because I, I think it's good. And, Great and, and, song. And we definitely want to get um get a guest on this podcast, our friend, uh, well, not our, you know, well, a friend and, and, and contemporary and, and idol, Maynard F. shark Krabs, mm. who, who introduced us to, to um, a world of weird music. And I think mm. we might get him on to t- talk about weird music because... I'm a, I'm a massive fan of that. Um, um, but anyway, the, the, the playlist, you know, now it's just on fast forward and, and, and you know, that uh, that MP3 file has been erased from the the family memory. I'll post the, the video clip on the.
1: So what website. songs did they like, Ben Life? AM um, pop radio about? songs, Bowie, Queen. Mm. You know,
0: there, there was some Kiss there that worked very well. Um, I chose um, Paul Young, Come Back and Stay, a song originally written by...
1: Um, uh, Paul... Paul... What, um,
0: the guy who wrote Hanging on the Telephone as yeah, well yeah. for Blondie. for the nerves. From the nerves, Jack mm. Lee.
1: Jack Lee, that's it.
0: Yeah, so I, I played that um, and Bit of Dexy's Midnight Runners mm. and just sort of, you know, songs, you know, because as, as, as an ageing gent, you always remind your kids that the music they're listening to is A, crap, or B, derivative of something you uh, discovered first in your teens. And that's kind of our rite of passage, isn't it, Black?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Um, which brings us to the end of Better Breeders episode 110. Uh, myself and the Black Douglas every week. we get together to uh, try and make sense of modern life. If you want to listen to one of our previous podcasts you can go back and find us on, uh, in, in the uh, Apple Podcast store, mm-hmm. uh, SoundCloud. I might try and work out how to get onto the Google Play Google Store and maybe we'll get into you know voice recognition so you can just don't have to press buttons. you just call out our names. Um, uh, Better at gmail.com, you can find us on Instagram. Um, and other social uh, networks, which we very rarely update. Um, so we'll have a discussion uh, after this podcast to see uh, what you know, what our media strategy is, because everyone needs a media strategy, don't they?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, look out for our new logo. Thank you to Inc. Uh, thank you, Black Douglas, and we will see you next week.